It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You're listening to BGN Radio, right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. What's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? Well, we, uh, geez, it's been, uh, I feel like every time we join back up and get on, it, it feels like it's been a while. It wouldn't have been a while, and I apologize again to Mr. Shilkapadia, who, uh, we, it just like, uh, what is that? Uh, Tenacious duo, D. Tenacious D. It was the greatest interview that is, is never going to be heard, so that we can only try and recreate it. As it's a tribute lo- itself. It's the lost podcast. <laughs> uh, but I want to apologize to him once again because he really did give us some great stuff. And we talked about Michael Sam and, and uh, you know, uh, the accountability of reporting. And he gave some great lines about Jason Locke and Fora. Uh, I, I could do it no justice, but uh, he, he has said he will come back and uh, grace our presence once again. But, uh, you know, I, I know there's uh, we should be talking about the Eagles. That's what we're here to do. And we're going to get into all that stuff. But... Today is Thursday as we're recording this. It has been a great day in Philadelphia sports today because Sam Hinkie has absolutely just completely lit up my my smiles and my and my laughter and all that good stuff. I don't have to look at Evan Turner or Spencer Hawes 
for a very long time. And I just want to say thank you, Sam Hinkie. And, uh, you know, I, I really see uh, some good things coming from the Sixers here, fellas. So uh, I want – if you guys can weigh in then on that if you want to, but I just have to throw that out there and say thank God because I know we're all a bunch of heathing Philadelphia sports fans, and this is good news moving forward. So I'm I'm pumped, man. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I, I want to sing the song. and be like, everybody, clap your hands. I mean, I'm, I'm pumped. Uh, I, I love Sam Inky. I think he's an evil genius. Uh, I think he did everything he needed to do. I, I, when I looked at it going to the trade deadline, I really wanted both Turner and Hawes gone. Uh, I was all right with keeping Thad. Um, he doesn't. Sam doesn't just want you know some of the second round picks. He wants all the second round picks in the NBA. Uh, <laughs> and, and I think going into the, maybe the the deepest draft in the past you know possible two decades, at least a decade. Uh, to have that many picks, especially two potential lottery picks, and to be stacked with four second-round picks in that draft, and to just have those kinds of assets is uh, is really something special. Not to mention having you know the potential rookie of the year and and you know Nerlens Noel who hasn't even played a you know a minute of basketball. Uh, how could you not be excited about where the Sixers are headed? Yeah, and I only I only bring it up because I I really do see a lot of parallels happening here between the Eagles and the Sixers. Obviously. Eagles didn't have to tank to create a good team. They just had to get a really good coach and start drafting well because it's a difference of sports, and that's just how it happens. And the Combine's coming up, and before we get into everything, let's just go around the horn. Of course, I'm John Barchard here co-hosting. You heard Mr. James Elton from 97.5 The Fanatic. And, of course, to my right, who hasn't chimed in yet, Mr. Patrick Wall, Mr. Patty Ice. How are you today, sir? I'm good. I missed you guys. Aww. <laughs> And the reason uh, that we have uh, all this great knowledge and uh, why I consistently burn my tongue on all the hot takes that come out, he brings us back down to earth. It is our draft expert, the number one, Mr. Dan Klosner. How are you, sir? Oh, thanks. I'm more like, okay, I'll take number one. Can I, can <laughs> well, I, sorry, I mean, between you, today, and Mike, it's, you and Mike, it's 1A, 1B. So, you know, right. I think we all know who 1A is. I just, <laughs> let, me, let me say, today was, I think, probably a top five day in Sixers history for me. In terms of just from an, an entertainment factor, which is, a, I mean, it's a, it's a sad commentary on the state of the franchise, but I was thinking about it. I was like, well, I don't enjoy watching basketball anymore. So, you know, this is great. This was entertaining. Lots of wheeling and dealing. <laughs> That's what draft day is going to be, you know? I mean, I thought it was great. So hopefully there will be like actual on court basketball stuff to be excited about in the future. But I do think Hink or Hink Daddy, as I'm yeah. going to be calling him from here on out, <laughs> as, uh, you know, I think he's uh, about as sharp as it gets, and I have a feeling he'll turn at least one of those second rounders into an actual NBA Chandler Parsons. Yeah, that's what I think too. You you think this was a great wheel and deal day? You just wait till oh, draft yeah. day, man. I mean, come on, you weren't gonna Turner and Taws were gone at the end of the season for nothing anyway, right? Yep. So might as well get whatever you get can. Something. And you know yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like whatever. Second round picks are undervalued assets. Yeah, I don't know if they're undervalued. No, I think he's right. I think Dan's right there. I agree. I think in the way the NBA is today, especially with the depth of the college pool yeah. right now, I think second round draft picks are really undervalued in, that's, in today's well, that's NBA. That's like the whole Daryl Morey thing in Houston. You know that they specifically singled out second round picks as you know kind of like the walks of baseball or the on base percentage of basketball. It's the market inefficiency. It's the market inefficiency. And since we've the market inefficiency. Since we've already spent about five minutes on the Sixers, I guess we should get back to what we're here for. Yeah, God knows how many people have already stopped listening. (laughs) uh, So I apologize, guys, but we just had to get that out there. We couldn't contain the excitement going on, but 
Uh, you know, another guy that looks to be pretty smart is, of course, the uh, homegrown uh, Mr. Howie Roseman. Uh, some people cared and didn't care that Chip Kelly wasn't talking today right before the combine. I personally could give a crap less. I just what's more important to me is when it comes down to the draft. Um, Howie didn't really say anything too exciting, nothing really controversial. I'm he's sticking to I'm going to pick the best player that's on the board. What got us in trouble last time was picking for need. Everybody points out Danny Watkins and Jaquan Jarrett. Dan, I mean, are you expecting uh, anything to, to pique your interest in the combine coming up here? I mean, it just seems to me like it's more dog and pony show. I still, yeah. You know. I mean, it's the underwear Olympics, as they call them. Um, <laughs> not, I mean, I always like to see who runs the fastest. You know, who's going to be catching in the gauntlet, but you really don't learn much. The, the things that are really learned about these prospects is when they get into the interview room with teams and stuff that we're not privy to. They can get them on the whiteboard. They can quiz them on a bunch of stuff. They have the character interviews. So on and so forth. If you want, you know, you want to watch these guys in their tights run really fast and jump high and you know do agility drills that they've been training for for the last you know two plus months. Yeah, it's it's just like you know, it's like watching the Westminster Dog Dog Show or something for football. Just a, a spectacle. I mean, it's a great dog show. I mean, yeah, yeah it's, it's no, uh... I, I'm not hating on the dog show. <laughs> less less adorable, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, offensive lineman shirtless is pretty. That's pretty entertaining. <laughs> Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, I just I, I think that the interesting things that are starting to come out is this is where you t- tend to see guys start to rise up, uh, escalated in hype, which is always fun. And how do you do you guys ever try and just how do you calm that down the best? Because I'm a very excitable guy. I jump on back everything. to the tape. I understand that. I, I, yeah. But I mean, for guys that aren't as awesome as the Dan Klosners and Mike Case of the world and can't sit down and watch tape and all that good stuff. Uh, who 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 besides yourselves should you guys trust right now? Well, well, here's what I do. I I always try and harken back to Mike Mamula to remind myself <laughs> not to just just go by what people do at the combine. I mean, uh, how many times do we need to see this lesson where there's some guy who goes into the combine and and runs an awesome forty and and is you know uh, you know doing reps out of his you know ass and and just is dominating all these you know physical type of, of you know of attribute type of uh, skill type of things and and you know how many times do we see these guys dominating that and then come to the pros and not be able to play football uh, I think Dan's right you go back you look at the tape you look at what they did on the field in a you know an important college game and I think you you take that at a lot higher level than you do what they do at the combine at least I do personally and uh, I know me and Patrick are having a lot of fun with the uh, mock draft simulator today and I can, I'm trying to look up the website Patrick do you remember oh yeah fanspeak.com has this great on the clock drafting where it just kind of simulates you can do just one round or you can do all seven you can do as many as you want and one of the guys in my, Mike Mayock's one of the the national guys that I like so I want to ask Patrick first here. He's got the Eagles going D Ford at 22. And that, to me, scared me a little bit initially. Some of these guys kind of talked me down about that. Patrick, what's your overall feel with D Ford at 22? I'm going to take us back to last season for, for a second. Uh, last year when I was interning with the Eagles, I'm going to shamelessly plug that for a second. Um, <laughs> oh, look at this guy. We this did a, guy. Uh, well, we did a weekly, uh, we did a weekly mock draft tracker where we looked at around the league at the talking heads and saw who was saying the Eagles were going to pick who. Uh, and one of the things that you notice, and the one thing that Jimmy Kemsky has pointed out uh, brilliantly in the recent uh, weeks was that mock drafts really don't mean anything 
one of the things that I noticed was that Lane Johnson uh, was virtually not on the radar at all until well after the combine. So when I see somebody like D Ford coming into the conversation for the Eagles now, uh, it, it makes me wonder where the Eagles have him stacked. I think if you want a pass rusher in the first round, I don't have a problem picking him. Um, you know, I think obviously it depends on who is still there, but I personally like D Ford. Um, I would have no problem with that so long as, you know, it is still sticking to your BPA thing. But I think just because you're not seeing him in the conversation for 22nd overall right now doesn't mean that he won't get there, which was the uh, the destination I was trying to arrive at with that long-winded uh, explanation. There. <laughs> hey, guys, exciting news. I'm actually doing a, a draft, mock draft right now on fanspeak.com. Whoa! Okay. Okay. Uh, no, get, get your shit ready. Okay, so we're at pick number 22. CJ Mosley, Mike Evans, Eric Ebron, <laughs> all on the board. Justin so I think you've I think you've damaged the credibility of these mock drafts. Which which actually pretty Hassan Clinton Dix. Who do you guys want? Come on, we're on the clock. Let's <laughs> do it. That's the funny thing is every time I've did that today, CJ Mosley is on the board every single I'm time at twenty. Which is a, there's a zero percent chance CJ <laughs> Mosley is on the board. Zero, literally zero. Like not even like a one percent chance. Okay, so I'm taking CJ Mosley. Is that who we're going with? I, I mean, yeah, well, yeah, you got I it. Mean, let's just. Let's just, it's fantasy time. Look, we're having fun with this. If CJ Mosley and, and let's say that scenario is on the board, screw it. You have that. You have Marquise Lee. You've got Trent Murphy. You've got Lewis Nix. Eric Ebron or Mike Evans. Yeah, there you go. What do you do in that situation, Mr. Dan Klosner? Well, what's more pressing? I mean, you... no, no, no. That's not what Howie's saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, like, but what if you, you had, no, no, no. If you have similarly ranked players, you go with the most pressing need. So, is tight is another freak athlete tight end? Would you rather have a wide receiver, or do you go with the inside linebacker who eventually is going to take over for D'Amico? Or do you go with Hassan Clinton Dix? That's what I'm asking you. (laughs) Has just been selected by the Philadelphia Eagles. See, that's what I, I think you had. I would do the same thing. I would absolutely yeah, do the same thing. It's, it's between Mosley and Evans in that spot for me, just because I think those are the two best players. And ultimately, I think both those guys are top 15 picks. So I don't think that scenario is going to be on the board. Think but about how much the inside linebacker has been really de- devalued. I mean, or outside, you know, it's been a devalued position. So another guy that I keep seeing that uh, obviously has been getting a lot of press is this Eric Ebron. And I know he's got the physical tools. Oh, I he, love Eric Ebron. Everybody's falling in love with him. Um, uh, James, do you know a lot about this guy? I know very, very little about him. I've seen him play a couple of oh, times. We're at pick number 54, but I'm, I already know who I'm taking. So keep going. Well, that was the Well, I, honestly, I'd like to hear if Dan, if Dan loves Ebron, I'd love to hear what Dan, Dan has to say about Ebron because I, I don't have a – a ton to say. I've seen him play a few times. Uh, you know, I'm impressed, but uh, I definitely wouldn't take him over Evans or Mosley or someone like that if they were available, which, again, I don't think they will be. Eric Ebron is a complete freak of nature. Just, I'm telling you, man, you he's like a more athletic, smoother version of Zach Ertz, almost. You know, he kind of has the, he had some problems with his hands, but the, he's literally a wide receiver in a, in a tight end's body. And, I mean, the catches, the one-hand catches that he makes, and he's the definition of a mismatch nightmare. Isn't Mike, isn't Mike Evans kind of that way, too, though? Mike Evans different, is... Different player. Evans is more, like, taller and lankier. He's, I bet I bet it wouldn't surprise me. Faster, too, I'm sure. 
It wouldn't surprise me if Ebron runs a faster 40 than Mike Evans. Really? Yeah, I think Ebron's going to come in at sub 4-6 on his... On his I, I, I've heard a lot of people say that Evans has the chance to run in the 4-4s. Four oh, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. like uh, D- Daniel Jeremiah of uh, NFL.com, uh, and I read one other. I can't remember. I feel like an idiot for not being able to cite it. But uh, I know Daniel Jeremiah did say he could see Evans running in the 4-4s. Four Interesting. Okay, well, you know, who am I to? You know, I would, ne- I would never go against Daniel Jeremiah. You're the best, Dan. You should go against anybody. Come uh, on. Yeah. You well, know, would, I would be surprised. This is your corner. Defend your corner, sir. Well, I don't know what he's going to run, you know. I A 4-4 would be very surprising to me. But then again, you kind of see him on the on the field, and he's more of a – he's he's definitely fast enough, but he's more of a long strider. So it might not seem like he's going as fast is a definite, you know, possibility. Um yeah, who do you guys think is going to run the fastest 40 since that's what everybody likes? You easy. Know? This is an easy question. Yeah, who's it going to be? Rich Eisen. Clearly. Rich Eisen. I like <laughs> Does, that's a better question. Does Rich, Eisen break Rich six Slater. for the first time Slater's ever? Who's going to run the fastest 40? Ah, uh, man. That's a... Uh, DeAnthony Thomas. Uh, maybe uh, that's a good. I don't know if that improves his draft stock at all. Um, oh no, but I could see him running the fastest forty. I don't know what is. Isn't what's, uh, Sammy Watkins supposed to just kill it? That's that's what I that was going to be my pick. Is Sammy Watkins? I'm a, I'm in agreement with Patrick. Since we aren't doing any prop bets because there's no games, how about this one, guys? Will Sam, Will Rich Eisen run the forty? In uh, will will he will he finish his forty two seconds after Sammy? No. Absolutely not. not. <laughs> well, no, yeah, two seconds. Right? Rich Eisen is usually in the in the six second range, if I'm not mistaken. So yes, I like this. I'm gonna go against it. I, I say he takes a step back. Just to stick with the Daniel Jeremiah theme, and again, a shout out to Daniel Jeremiah. I think he's phenomenal uh, on NFL.com and NFL Network. But um, he says apparently in his eyes, Justin Gilbert is the favorite to run the fastest forty. For really. Him cornerback of course i'm putting my money on dre archer he's basically the anthony thomas he's the kent state guy he had a lot of there was like a whole heisman campaign for him going into the season because he was awesome last year slowed down a little bit but yeah go watch he's, he's gonna run a low four three just you know will he break that four three and become a four and become a, like a high four two guy that much i don't know but i do know that he's pretty fast and exciting and that you should youtube him or just better yet watch his actual game yeah. games but I like that idea. He is my he is my pick to run the fastest forty, and apparently you can make some money on sportsbook if you make that bet. So, uh, you know, there's um, I'm, we're all still doing. It's really fun, actually. Fanspeak.com slash on the clock slash draft php. I'm sure you're not going to remember that, but just to type in fanspeak.com, it leaves you, it gives you uh, a, a very rough idea of how things might go in the later rounds. I think it's been pretty accurate uh, with that. Um, Another guy that I was kind of unfamiliar with today who I wanted to get everybody's opinion on, Kyle Fuller, um, who uh, talked to a couple of guys that says he could have been probably a top 10 pick if he didn't get injured. Um, I don't know about top 10. He definitely would have been a lock for the first round. He was was really – if you go back and watch that Alabama – he was good last year. So here's – it's a funny thing you mentioned because I did a report on Ebron over the summer, and one of the games I watched was last year's Virginia Tech game. And the, there, was, there was this Virginia Tech corner who just kept hitting everybody and just, you know, cry. he was in on every play. He was hitting everybody. He had good instinct. He, he was making breaks on the ball before they were thrown. And obviously, you know, I was like, typically what happens when I'm watching game tape is if a player who, on another team who I, I'm unfamiliar with makes two or three impressive plays, 
I pause the tape and I go look them up and put them on my list. And uh, Kyle Fuller was one of those. And he came into the season. A lot of the draft Nick guys were hyping him up. They liked him. And he had a really good game against Amari Cooper and um, and Alabama. And he and he, you know he's the kind of guy. I actually think that he could probably play safety too if he wanted to. Um, he's got he's probably about six feet one ninety. He's got the length. He's tough yeah. instincts. I like the way he plays. Um, comes from a very genetically gifted family. Um, yeah, and he got in. You know, he got injured, so the hype train slowed down considerably. And now he's kind of thought of, oh, you know, maybe he's a second or third round guy. But I definitely think he would have been in the mix for, you know. I like the size too. I agree with you. I think six feet, one ninety. I mean that, that's legitimate for a cornerback in the NFL. Too, and he's tough. He can play down the near the line of scrimmage too. He's a good tackler. Um, is he was he a four year four year guy at Virginia Tech or three year guy? Because either way, he had a lot of you know seasoning. He's twenty two years old. I, I like that as well. I don't know if he was. A, let me check if he was a four-year starter. I know. Well, this is his senior year. I know that for sure. But I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I did. I meant. I should have said four-year starter. I apologize. Was he a four-year starter? I knew he was there for four years. True freshman, primarily in the nickel defense. Boom. And then his second year is when he started all. He started starting all the games. So he's a a three-year full-time starter, and he started half the season in his freshman year too. So that's lots of experience. Yeah, it's a lot of experience and a legitimate program as well. And yeah. do, you, do you guys have anybody that you might think might shine uh, in the combine that might uh, their hype train might rise up just a little bit? Patrick, you have any guys that of mine that you are interested in either seeing or you think that they'll uh, accomplish some good things this weekend? You know, there's nobody, there's nobody specifically that I'm like waiting to see the hype train. I mean, for the, for the combine, you know, for me, I just kind of like the spectacle. Uh, you know, I would like to see, you know, the guys that I have my eye on anyway, guys like DeAnthony Thomas and, and Sammy Watkins and those guys. You just kind of want to see those guys perform because I think more concerning than anything else would be if the guys that you have the who have the hype and have the skills don't perform at the combine. I feel like that's more of an eyebrow raiser to me than if a guy we already know is super fast runs an exceptionally fast 40 yeah, yeah. Uh, that doesn't interest me as much not in particularly though i do think that a guy like evans as we were talking about before i mean if someone like that can run in the in the four fours uh you know with his freak athleticism and his size i think that that's the kind of thing that people are going to pay attention to um but there isn't I, I kind of agree with patrick in that you know i'm not looking to see someone you know run a super fast 40 or or, you know, who's going to lift the most weight. It's just kind of an across-the-board thing, just seeing if the people who you like, the people whose tape you like, the people you like seeing playing college uh, perform up to at least a, a decent enough level where, you know, it's not going to hurt their draft stock or it might just kind of keep them in the same range, uh, I think is more interesting to me. And, and also, I mean, you know, as the Lost Podcast alluded to, you know, it, I, I think it will be very interesting to see what Michael Sam does because – he does seem to be one of those players who, in terms of his play on the field, uh, had a ton of production in college. Uh, but in terms of his measurables, in terms of his size, in terms of kind of the position he plays, he does seem to be a bit of a tweener. He doesn't seem to be able to get to the quarterback all the time. And, and I think he's the kind of guy who, if he really shows up at the combine, uh, it could really help him. So uh, I think to kind of relate to what Patrick said, it, it's more interesting to see kind of the, the mid-round guys who kind of really help or hurt their stock more so than seeing if Sammy Watkins can run a 4-3. And Dan, of course, like everything else, there's obviously offensive linemen aren't really the sexiest pick uh, that you can go with, but I feel that there is not a lot of talk 
about the offensive line, especially on the Bleeding Green Nation of things. We're very excited about a lot of defensive prospects. We're excited about wide receivers and safeties because obviously the Eagles need them. Are there any chances here that you would actually take an offensive lineman over anything you see with first-round grades right now? Um, Listen, if, if, if a very talented offensive lineman drops to the point of 22, then you can consider, you know, I think you should consider taking him, obviously, best guy on the board, you know, top player on the board type of deal. But I, I think that our, our our depth along the offensive line is pretty underrated, honestly. Um, You know, sure, we got we got some age along the offensive line, but listen, they like, you know, you, we got Matt Tobin, who was stashed on the roster. We got Michael Bamiro from the practice squad. You know, Alan Barbary, he's not, he's not, he's about to turn 30, but he doesn't have a lot of tread on the tires. Um, Dennis Kelly's coming back. So, I, you know, they're younger guys, so I think that there's good depth where you don't necessarily, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me, I'll put it this way, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they go through the whole draft and don't take a single offensive lineman. And I'm curious to, to what everybody thinks here because I've done uh, uh, just, a you know, a couple of different drafts as we've been talking about here. One was I didn't pick an offensive player at all. And if the Eagles decide that that ends up happening on their board, is everybody going to be okay with that? Depends on what happens in free agency, but not really. I think the way that you get better as a team, and I think this is something that not only have we seen a lot throughout history, but you've also heard from a lot of coaches and GMs, especially ours, is that you don't get better by panicking into a position or saying, I'm okay at this position and you know, ignoring it. I don't think there would ever be a situation in the draft where the best player on your board isn't an off isn't an offensive player in seven rounds. I just don't see that happening. And I think one of the things you look at a guy like Zach Ertz, tight end wasn't really high on the list of needs last year. But would anybody is anybody sad that we have him? Right. I think that's kind of I think that's kind of the situation you're in with picking offensive players in this draft. Um, you know, you get a guy wide receiver who can help in the in the meantime and then maybe down the road start or you can get a versatile offensive weapon and especially for a guy like chip who's not going to turn that down anyway um i would be not only shocked but i would be incredibly disappointed if, if we didn't come up with an offensive player at all and james i was curious do you think that there is is there a guy right now first or second round that you would want the eagles to jump up and go grab Realistically, honestly, no. Uh, I think that the situation that the Eagles are in this year, and, and look, uh, I think that if a guy who, and again, I, 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 there's no one in particular. There are a lot of guys I like. There, uh, you know, maybe really like six to ten guys who, if the Eagles ended up with the 22, I'd be very happy about. Uh, but there's no one who I see who, you know, who I would say, oh, you got to go up and get that guy. But again, I, I think it all comes back to draft dynamics. It all comes back to who goes where, who falls. All of a sudden, you can move up. Uh, you know, a guy you thought would go in the top 12 is sitting there at, at 19. And then, you know, maybe you do move up a couple spots to get that guy. Um, so I think it, it, that comes back more to draft dynamics and kind of what position you're in at what time of the draft. But th there's no one there who I see who I say, oh, my God, I have to have that guy on my team. Yeah, it's it's so hard to do something like this when you don't know. I mean, you know, what I like to see them trade up to get Jadavian Clowney or Khalil Mack or something like that. Well, that's sure, why said, but, that's why I said real. I mean, like right. Realistically you know. speaking, I don't know because I think it's very realistic that somebody who we could want, we could want that we think is going to go in like the twelve to fifteen range could perhaps could perhaps slide to twenty two. You know, without even needing to, especially with the kind of depth and talent in this draft, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all 
if some you know certain good players who we thought should have gone 10 picks earlier end up sliding you know do i want to trade up for you know d ford calvin Pryor, or son clinton dicks that kind of stuff i mean anthony barr who i'm not a big fan of but Dequeez Dennard, Dequeez yeah. Dennard, some along yeah, those like, lines. Do you want to go out? Do you want to go try to get Mike Evans or Calvin Benjamin, well, something like that? Well, so, yeah, I do. <laughs> That's what I was saying. So, all right. Well, in that I mean, case, really yeah, you would... might want to trade up into the teens, something like that. Hey right guys, now. you want to be? You're going to be excited. I finished the mock draft on Fanspeak.com. <laughs> our our in Can't our wait. in podcast yes. mock draft. Oof. Would you like to hear our final seven picks? I would love it. Okay, at number twenty-two, we got inside linebacker C.J. Mosley, beautiful Alabama. At fifty-four is a name. Well, if he's the, I, this is a guy I really like. I liked him going back to last year. Devontae Adams. Nice. Wide receiver, Fresno State. He's. I think he's going to probably measure around 6'1", 6'2", but he's long. And I, I'm telling you, man, in the in the bowl game against SMU last year, he had one of the most ridiculous catches I've seen in all, of like, any, any sport, any sport feat. This was one of the most amazing things I've seen. You should go look it up. If not, I'll send you the YouTube links, but just type in Devontae Adams, SMU. Like a, a, a short one minute and 30 second clip will come up with three big plays that he had in that game, and it's the second one in there. You'll know what I'm talking about. Anyway, <laughs> I think he's going to be a really good pro. I'd love to have him. And I think that that's, you know, getting a wide receiver in this class is definitely something the Eagles should do. Um, at 86 in the third round, we have cornerback Bashad Breland from Clemson. Um, at 118, we have safety Craig Lawson from LSU, the Bayou Missile, as he's known. At 150, we have guard Wesley Johnson from Vanderbilt, who's kind of like a guy. He's one of those guards who can mostly play tackle, good depth, good potential starter down the line. At 157, our second, our, our fifth round pick that we acquired thanks to the Isaac Sopuaga trade, I took cornerback Shaquille Richardson from Arizona. He had a really good East-West Shrine game. Good player. Has he's like also six feet, like 190 pounds thing, but he's got length and swagger. And at 214, I took a guy who Draftniks have been talking about a little bit, Tyler Starr, outside linebacker, South Dakota. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. I have not. He has really he has really long, flowing blonde hair. <laughs> I'm sold. Um, I'm sold. Yeah, done exactly. and Out, done. Outside linebacker, he could basically be you know our other Connor Barwin if we need one, but. What uh, I'm surprised you didn't go with the uh, the Jordan Zumwalt was he uh, was he a, or Z- Zumwalt? Z- no, he was out there at one point. I, I see it was either Zumwalt at 118 or Lawson. And since I'd already taken an inside linebacker and CJ Mosley, I decided this will probably be the one mock draft where I don't pick Jordan wow. Zumwalt. Wow, I picked him at I least know. 50 times. Very, uh, so. <laughs> very out of character for me. By the way, he was Tyler there on every single mock draft I did too. Yep. yep. By the way, Tyler Starr has said that he wants to break the three-cone record for linebackers in the combine. So that's something to keep an eye on. And why is that important? I, I keep hearing that's one of the most important drills in the combine. That's, why is that? That measures your agility, your change of direction. I mean, it's all about your quick twitch movements. You know, how fast can you move in confined spaces? How fast can you stop on a dime and restart? You know, what's what? how fast can you move in space? It's all the really, you know, important movements. You know, you know how they say it's better to be quicker than fast? Well... You know, three cone kind of that's that's what it measures. That's that so everything that's not speed, but still athletically related. Well, it'll be uh, hopefully an entertaining weekend. I don't know if it's going to be necessarily interesting, but uh, of course, there's you know nothing going on except for tomorrow at noon when the U.S. takes on Canada, and hopefully that's we can right. redeem ourselves after Woo! that awful referee call slash. I didn't even see it. Uh, hopefully, you guys are uh, having fun. Watch the Olympics. 
doing all that good stuff. Uh, me and Dan Kloster and Mike K are going to do a quick what we think of the defensive players. Uh, con- oh, who is it? Uh, kickers, too, right? We can get into that. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll be doing that either that'll be out on uh, Monday or Tuesday we'll get initial reactions from that before we go everybody give your five players who you want to see, who are you're interested in seeing in the combine alright um, my five players would be Mike Evans um, Ha Ha Clinton Dix uh, Coney Ely Darquise Dennard wait sorry go ahead <laughs> Darquise Dennard and LaMarcus Joyner I would like to see, for entertainment purposes, I want to see me some uh, some athletic marvel. So I'm going to go with uh, D'Anthony Thomas and Sammy Watkins. Excellent. I want to see uh, Trent Murphy, and then I'd like to see uh, Lewis Nix because I want to see some. I want to see some some flubber. You want to see some beef? <laughs> I want to see some beef. You right. got one more. Let's see. That's that's not five. One that's more. Cool. You know what? I want to see Mike Evans too. I want to see what he can do. Nope, nope. Already had him. Lewis Nix. Can we get the man's Fine. name right? It's Lewis Nix the third. Can we please? Right. Irish. Lewis Nix. Aye, aye, aye. Sir, his father, Lewis Nix the second, is pissed. (laughs) I don't want to piss off anybody in that family, so Lewis Nix the third. (laughs) I am am excited to see Kyle Vinoy. I want to check out Marcus Smith. Uh, You would say Marcus Smith. I know, I would. I want to see... uh, So like him. Uh... Who's that kid that um, Eastern Illinois, Jimmy uh, Garoppolo. Garoppolo. Uh, mm. uh, and maybe, what am I at? Is that three or four? That's three. That's three. How about that? Uh, uh, Lewis Nix. I, I want to, I, there's a. The third. The, uh, the. Uh, he already did Lewis Nix. Oh, he did? Uh, well, uh, Marquise. Tim Jernigan. Go Timmy Jernigan. Uh, Marquise Lee's another guy I want to see, and um, I want to see what all the hype is with uh, Jason Barrett and his speed, even though he's tiny. That's the guys I want to see. Okay. Kyle Fuller. Yes. That's a good one. My boy Jordan Zumwalt. Got to have him. Um, let's see. I, I want to see how um, I want to see how Calvin Pryor does. I want to see Devontae Adams as well. He's a guy I like a lot, as I've told you before. And my final one, let's see. I'm excited about Eric Ebron. I want to see just what he does athletically to, to completely blow people away at the combine. So him and Jason Morrow and my boy Jeremiah Tauchu. I've already gone over five. Cut this off. <laughs> Bradley Brogy. not going to if I know, if I know Dan, even before we can Our get out of here, there's going to be yeah, there it is. There's already going to be ten coming out. Uh, well, uh, thanks for uh, listening to the uh, crazy, uh, somewhat uh, dysfunctional uh, combine oh, show here. But, but uh, somewhat, uh, but uh, we uh, we have a lot of fun here, and uh, we hope you do too. And oh my God, I see uh, the new Tampa Bay Bucks logo. It actually looks pretty good. Uh, it looks the same as the old Tampa Bay Bucks logo. It's a bigger same. flag, James. It's like a it's 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 stupid, is what it is. The waste of a uniform, James. I'm just saying, if they can do that and we can't get a petition for freaking Kelly Green, never gonna happen. Saying, I know. Give me my give me my Kelly Green. What the you know what? Come yeah. on. Um, well, uh, more stuff coming along uh, as the draft and free agency continue, and just on the horizon. I know Patrick Wall is working hard, and we're all working hard on something special for draft day. So we'll keep you informed on that as well. As long as uh, Mike K doing some awesome stuff with the Realist Ben 
Uh, that's going to be really cool as we get into training camp and all that good stuff. So stay tuned for that. And we are still here with you. For Mike K., Patrick Wall, Dan Klostner, I am John Barchard. Thank you so much for listening to BGN Radio. Bart. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. BGN Radio.